The Wicked Smart Sports Guide is brought to you by CellMaxBatteries.com, the go-to website for all your battery needs. CellMax Batteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-alkaline lithium and button cell batteries. CellMax Batteries compares them quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, CellMax Batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, gaming controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke alarms, whatever device you need a battery for, CellMax has the best batteries at the best price for your device. Guys, I bet you got a ton of cool stuff for Christmas, great stuff. You tried to use it, and guess what? It needs batteries. When you need those batteries for whatever cool devices that you got, go to CellMaxBatteries.com because you can pick up some great deals on batteries. You save some money. Order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries. 24. AA, AAA, your choice. $5.99. Only $5.99. And you're going to save more than that when I give you the code at the end. Or a 24-pack of Ultra Offline. I do for all kinds of gaming high-tech devices at just $12.99. And here's the code. Coupon code BOSTON. All uppercase BOSTON at checkout and save 20% off your entire order. That's one code BOSTON at checkout and save big today. CellMaxBatteries.com. C-E-L-L-M-A-X-Batteries.com. The official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports, guys. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks to, as always, Two Dolly Dreams for the intro music. Let's just get right into it. I'm a little under the weather, so my voice sounds weird, that's why, but I'm going to try to battle through it because we need to go through it here. There's no need for a lead-up or intro this week. Colin Kanata is here. Go follow his podcast, What a Hardo. We're going to get to the Titans game at about the 10-minute mark, but first, Colin, what just happened? How did the Patriots lose to the Miami Dolphins in Week 17 with a bye and a home game in the divisional round on the line. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything that could have possibly gone wrong seemed to go wrong in, you know, key moments. Um, You know, so unlike the Patriots, penalties taking big plays off the board, uh, lack of execution in the red zone, lack of execution overall. And, you know, you saw the defense be, you know, basically, I I would say, exposed. I mean, I know Brady helps the Dolphins with a pick six there, but the defense could not come up big for the Patriots at any point in the game. And that's something they've relied heavily upon. So, I mean, it goes to show you that if the defense doesn't make that play or you don't get that block punt or, you know, some type of momentum shift, the Patriots are in trouble. And it, I mean, to have Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins and Brian Flores on the other sideline show you up like that in a game that you needed to win. I mean, it's something that I feel like, you know, you can't find in recent memory in, in a game that the Patriots needed to have to secure that by, um, you know, they, they've always gotten the job done and had that by, I mean, it was 2010. I, I was 12 years old. The last time the Patriots played a playoff game, uh, you know, in, in in this scenario, so it, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, this this was a devastating loss, devastating. Yeah, you said it. I mean, they got exposed, and I don't think they had one three and out the whole day. I don't think they forced Miami three and out once, which when, when they needed a big stop, they they couldn't get one stop all game really. So I mean, Miami just I think I, I can't even recall uh, even one drive. There might have been one drive in there where the Dolphins didn't get onto their side of the field, but pretty much every time the Dolphins got the ball, they crossed the 50. So, you know, after the Patriots scored that last touchdown with five minutes left, I I was convinced that was it. I mean, the Dolphins had moved the ball well all game, but they've gone through all their best plays. They've gone through all their trick plays. Now it's just you against them. Both teams know each other better than any two teams should ever know each other. From coaching to the fact that they play each other twice a year to the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for almost every team in the division, these teams know each other front, back, and sideways. And on that last drive, there's no surprises. It's you versus them. And the Patriots were outplayed and outcoached. They weren't tricked. They weren't caught off guard. They weren't screwed by poor officiating. They were beat. And that's the saddest part. 
hundred percent. I mean, that, that is a hundred percent true. There's, there's nothing that you can really look at in this game. There's no excuses to be made. Um, you know, they put their best guys forward on offense and we put our best guys forward on defense in, in that key last drive. And, you know, ultimately they won, um, you know, which I, I feel like, you know, over the course of the season, you think about the Cowboys game, the Eagles game. I mean, these games were either games that could have been tied or the other team could have won the Buffalo game earlier in the season. I know Matt Barkley was in, but the Patriots have been in a lot of games late where the defense has had to, you know, stop a team from either tying the game or potentially winning the game. And the defense has come up every time. So, you know, like you said, the Dolphins had moved the ball at will pretty much all day and, you know, had a bunch of yardage on the defense, but I still thought the Patriots were going to get it done when it mattered. And I think that was the most surprising part yeah you know for a team that was thought to be at one point in time one of the three or four best defenses of the decade people were talking about them like the 2013 Seahawks or the 2016 Broncos or you know to have fallen this far is ridiculous and and I'll give the Dolphins some credit in a bit but if you're an all-time defense you need to get a stop there on that last drive you can't allow three drives of 75-plus yards to one of the five worst teams in the NFL. You can't allow them to hold the ball for almost 34 minutes of possession time. That's just unacceptable. The idea going into just a few weeks ago before that Chiefs game, or even before that Texans game maybe, was that the Patriots' offense was less than stellar, but their defense was good enough to carry them. Do you feel that way anymore? Does anyone feel that way anymore? You can't. Uh, you can't feel that way because it was proven in front of your face today that that's not the case. And it, the biggest disappointment by far was Stefan Gilmore, who played maybe the worst game of his career, definitely his worst game as the Patriot, probably cost himself the Defensive Player of the Year trophy today. You know, he was shadowing Devontae Parker for most of the day. Parker finished with eight catches for 137 yards, which included the following key plays on the Dolphins game-winning drive. A 24-yard catch, a, an 8-yard catch, and a 5-yard catch. Two of those, by the way, resulted in first downs. They were three for three when targeting Gilmore on that game-winning drive. And when the Patriots needed him the most, he vanished. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Brian Flores knew something about Stephon Gilmore's weakness. Because, I mean, like, no one has been able to expose Stephon Gilmore all season. I mean, the guy has gone against way better talent than Devontae Parker. I mean, don't get me wrong. Devontae Parker, a nice player, kind of has gotten his career going a little bit later than most guys do. But, I mean, he's a good player. But, you know, Gilmore's been up against a lot better than that this season. I mean, I don't know the stats, so I'm not going to speak on them. But I will say that this feels like the worst Gilmore has been exposed by a mile. And I would finish that by saying I agree with you that Defensive Player of the Year is thrown out the window. People have recency bias. And, uh, yeah, this I just think this kills his argument. You know, although still a probably historic season cornerback wise, I think the recency bias and, you know, just how bad it was will, will kill his argument for that award. Now, I'll, I'll say this. There's really no other good candidates. I mean, I, I would just give it to Aaron Donald by default at this point because Stephon Gilmer hasn't been good enough to pass whatever that bar is that Aaron Donald continuously sets. So just give it to Aaron Donald again. It's kind of like when you just give the MVP to, to Tom Brady when that year where Wentz was getting injured and all those guys, and they were just like, you know what? The bar is Tom Brady. No one has raised above that bar, so it's Tom Brady. And that's how I kind of feel about Aaron Donald this year. Just give it Aaron Donald. Um, before we get to the Titans, I'll give the Dolphins some credit because they actually were a good team in December, believe it or not. They went 3-2, and two, they beat two playoff teams, and they never scored less than 20 points. Do you know, they averaged 28.6 points per game in December. The Dolphins, I mean, that's crazy. And I'm by no means defending the loss. They shouldn't have lost this game at all, and it is disgraceful that they did. But it's not quite as bad as some people may think when you put it in that light because the Dolphins actually 
were a pretty good team these last five weeks of the season. Yeah, I I agree with that completely. I actually I got I got one question for you when it comes to this game before we finish up and move on. You know, were you shocked? And I know I tweeted about this, and you probably saw it. But were you shocked when the Patriots? You know, with I believe it was around a minute forty, somewhere in the high one thirty. Uh, you know, amount of time in the first half left. The Dolphins were you know fourth down. They were obviously going to punt the ball. The Patriots don't call a timeout. They let it get all the way down to a minute. Were you surprised that they don't try to preserve that time? And then, you know, after they let it get down to a minute and, you know, they get the ball back, I believe it was 57 seconds when Sanu calls a fair catch and then they run the ball twice. I mean, just that doesn't feel like the Patriots to me. Um, you know, I, I, I just I'm used to the team that's aggressive. So were you surprised by that to see them basically, you know, throw away whatever way you slice it, either it was 130 and two timeouts when you got the ball back, or 57 and three timeouts, and you don't even try to get in field goal range, the game ultimately is decided by a field goal. Were you surprised by that? You know, I'll say this. I would have called the timeout there, and I would have gotten the ball back and tried to get at least a field goal. But was I surprised? No. I looked at it and I said, yeah, the Patriots don't trust their offense. And you know what? They probably shouldn't. And so they should, in hindsight, yes, they should have called their timeouts there. They should have gone for a field goal because it would have changed the game. But when I, but in real time, when I saw it, I, I said, this is a culmination of the whole season. This is what the whole season been leading up to. The offense hasn't been good. So normally, in a normal Patriots year, like you're kind of saying, the team you're used to, they'll call a timeout mm-hmm. there. They'll get a field goal. Mm-hmm. They'll do the double dip. We get a field goal here or maybe even a touchdown. And then we come out, get the ball in the second half, and we score again. Because that's the type of offenses the Patriots have had over the years, the offenses that are capable of doing that. Them not calling a timeout there is them telling the world and Patriots fans and whoever else, we don't trust our offense to do that anymore. So you know what? We're taking the punt and we're taking this into halftime and then running the ball to two times said that. And I mean, Bel- Belichick may never admit it on the podium. He admitted it on the field at the end of halftime. He doesn't trust his offense. Yeah, at, honestly, that's, that's a very good answer. I, I think I agree with you through and through. It's just, you know, like you said, there's a difference between what you've come to expect from, you know, the Patriots in past years and what you need to, you know, realize is the expectation that's realistic for the Patriots this year. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with that statement. It, it, I guess it's it's tough, and it, it ends up hurting you in the long run. But in the moment, I can see why you do it. You want to go into the half, make your adjustments, whatever. But um, I, it just ends up looming large. And, you know, like they always say, hindsight is twenty twenty. So, you know, we can dissect every decision. But I just thought that was interesting. I wanted to hear your opinion on it. Well, look, I would say it was a bad decision, and I would say regardless of hindsight that they should have done it, but I think it's more it speaks more to the fact that this offense just isn't good enough, and Bill Belichick doesn't think so either. But well, let's get to the Titans. Um, I want to start with this. I, I, how do you feel about the matchup? I think we can agree that once we found out the Patriots would be playing on wildcard weekend, it, it was the least favorable of all the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, like I, like I think I said uh, at the beginning of the show, I was 12 years old the last time that the Patriots you know, we're, we're in this scenario. And I, I believe that was the game where Patriots fans weren't even in their seats. My dad being one of them and Ray Rice was already on his way to the end zone. And that game wasn't very pretty. Um, you saw the graphic. If you were watching the game today, they're three and three um, in post seasons where it starts playing wild card weekend. So yeah, I mean, it, it's about as unideal as it could come. I mean, I know the, the chiefs game is a story of itself, but that, that looms large and this one looms really large. And you know, now you got an extra game on your hands. Well, I didn't, I'll say, I didn't just mean the fact that you're playing on wild card weekend at all. I meant the t- specifically the fact that you got the Titans, cause it was either going to be the Titans, the Steelers or the Raiders. And I know the Raiders were a long shot. I wanted the Raiders mainly because I think it would have been a f- fun to advertise it as the Antonio Brown bowl. I think, <laughs> 
that would have been great. <laughs> and obviously, the Raiders are kind of the easiest team there. They're just such a mess. But people, uh, from what I've gauged so far, are genuinely scared of the Titans. They're genuinely scared of Mike Vrabel. And some people actually think that the Titans have a real shot in this game. Well, yeah, at least out of those three. I mean, realistically, you know, the, the team was different at the beginning of the season, week one. But, you know, the Patriots were, were fine when facing the Steelers. So the Steelers and obviously the Raiders, I mean, they, they were the outside shot of outside shots. Uh, to even get in, and they had like eight out of the ten things happen. It almost it almost came true for the Raiders, but I'd say out of those three teams, yeah, Tennessee's by far the scariest. I mean, you have the connection to Mike Vrabel, and yeah, I don't think he has quite the advantage that a Flores or a Bill O'Brien has because they've they've really been in this system in this more recent Patriots run and stuff like that. But um, you know, he he knows something about what goes on you know within the walls, and I think that's at least a slight advantage. I'm not going to, you know, blow it out of proportion, but um, I don't think the Titans, I'm not going to say they don't have a chance because, you know, I didn't think the Dolphins had a chance today. I would have told you that this morning that the, you know, the Dolphins don't have a chance, but I, you know, I would say the Titans chance is slim. I still think the Patriots should and will handle the Titans, but I mean, out of the three, you have to at least think that the Titans are the, are the most formidable opponent. Let me ask you this. Who has the better offense? The Titans right now. Yeah. The Titans. It doesn't, I mean, look at the points. Yeah, I mean, they have, since Ryan Tannehill took over, and I'm not sure, I think he took over in late October it was, since he took over, they put up like 27 points against the Buccaneers, 35 to beat the Chiefs, 42 against the Jaguars, 31 against the Colts, 42 against the Raiders, 35 against the Texans this week, so... The Titans' offense is just playing better than the Patriots. I'm sorry. I know it's crazy. Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback, but the Titans' offense is better than the Patriots right now. So let me ask you this question. Rank both teams, the Patriots and the Titans, on a scale of 1 to 10 on their offenses and defenses. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the Titans. I'll say offense... I got to give them like a like a seven right now. I mean, you, you just you just mentioned two forty plus point games. I mean, it it doesn't matter who you were playing. The Patriots haven't had a forty plus point game in several weeks. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd have to give the Titans like a seven um, on offense, and you know I guess we'll do the Patriots offense too for the you know sake of comparison. I would probably go like a five and a half six. I mean, it's it's just not moving the meter. Uh, you know, enough to, to win games. And, you know, they're, like we said earlier, they have to rely on the defense. Like the offense just cannot get the job done. And there have been no 42 point games as of late. And this, you know, recent struggle of, you know, the past seven, eight weeks, there have been not many performances where, you know, the Patriots can even feel as good about the Titans going 30 consistently, 40. You have to go seven Titans, Patriots, five and a half. Um, and then defense, I'm still going to give the Patriots an eight maybe eight and a half. Honestly, it's, I think it's tough to just jump on them after one game, but they have struggled, I, I guess, more so recently than they did at the beginning of the season, but this was probably, I'd say, the worst. So I'll go 8-5 for the Patriots, and for the Titans, I'll you know go 6-5. So let me ask you, so you're giving the Patriots a five on offense then? Well, I think I said five and a half, six, and honestly, I'm going to go with well, I guess if you think of it like it's school, you know, if it's a 60, it's just barely passing. Like, I don't know. Can, if- I, can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? Because you gave the Titans a seven. And if you're giving the Patriots a five and a half, listen, the Titans put up 31.4 points per game in December. The Patriots, I think they put up about 24. All right. They scored 24 twice. They scored 16 once, 34, split the difference there. And then mm-hmm. they scored 22 against the, the Texans. So the Titans offense over the past month, has been a full touchdown 
better than the Patriots. I feel like, I mean, if you want to give them a, a, a five, then that's fine. I mean, I, I'll accept a five. I think they're at least, at least a, a rating of two better than the Patriots right now. Yeah, so maybe, you know, maybe ultimately the, the Texans, I mean, the Texans, excuse me, the Titans deserve an eight um, because 31 points per game in this month. And, you know, it's football is all about who's hot and when they're hot. Um, so, yeah. I think you're right that there maybe should be a little bit more of a margin. Although you know me, I'm just I'm trying to hold on to my Patriots a little bit. Although I, I don't think I should be anymore. So when we really start dissecting both teams' units, offense and defense, it does start to get a little bit closer than you would hope for. It does start to seem like wow, you know, the, the Titans' offenses can kind of play, and their defense isn't half bad. And it feels like, to me at least, I'll just say it. I think the Titans are a more complete team right now than the Patriots. I just think that that Patriots offense is that bad and their defense disappointed me that much this past week. Yeah, uh, on paper, I don't know. It's it's tough. Yeah, that, but it's certainly a justified statement for you to make at this point because like you said, I mean, you, you just saw the worst performance of the year when you, you, know, you needed a big one. So, I mean, there, there's not much to feel like you can really rely on. So, yeah, I think saying that is 100% justified. I mean, unless the Patriots offense has a, a crazy turnaround, which if you're going off their last game against the Titans where they lost in Tennessee, I don't think you can bank on, then the Titans offense is worlds better right now than the Patriots and their defense isn't worlds better than their defense. I mean, that, that's just based on, the you know, a little bit of recency bias, what we've seen most recently. The Patriots are going to have a week to bounce back from their worst loss of the year to play a playoff game. I mean, that alone is tough. The fact that they're going to have to come off of this terrible game against the Dolphins and all of a sudden play, play a team that's smoking hot in the Titans. They're just on fire right now. They're on a tear. And you're going to have to go up against that team that's just rolling through everybody right now, uh, especially on offense. And I, that's just a tough spot. That's a tough spot for the Patriots to be in. Yeah, and I, I think that's why, like, you know, I caught myself when I was, you know, thinking about saying the Titans have no chance. And I think another thing that is crazy important is the fact that, you know, this Patriots at home, and I, I know the playoffs is a little different and, and the stakes are higher, but, you know, the Patriots, you know, had, had such a nice streak at home, but that's obviously fallen flat, uh, you know, all the way to the ground with the, the loss to the Chiefs and now to the Dolphins of all teams. So you don't feel like that's as much of maybe an advantage as it used to be. But like I said, I don't know, maybe, you know, playoffs, higher stakes, place will be rocking. But I, I don't know, like, you know, teams seem to think right now we can march into Foxborough and beat the Patriots in Foxborough. It's possible. It is. So, I mean, we'll ultimately see what happens. Who? I mean, I, I guess when push comes to shove, it's hard for me to pick the Titans ahead of the Patriots. I mean, I know that all this stuff I just said, they're on a tear, it's a tough spot. They're a more complete team right now. I just don't have enough faith in Tennessee as an organization to come in and win a playoff game in Foxborough. But even though everything in my mind is telling me that I should, I just cannot bring myself to do it. I, th I think at the end of the day, it's still Bill Belichick, it's still Tom Brady, it's still Gillette Stadium, and it's too tall a task for Ryan Tannehill. I just can't believe that he's going to be the guy to do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's why I said I wouldn't... I wouldn't call it likely um, that the Titans come in and get the job done, but uh, you know I'm going to leave the possibility on the table. I would take the Patriots in a close one. Um, you know, and like you said, I, I think my mind is telling me, you know, but like think about it. Last year we did this too, and I know this isn't last year. I know there are a lot of differences between this year and last year, mainly number 87 being on your offense. But anyways. There were people doubting us against the Chargers, and the Chargers were, you know, a much better opponent last year, I would say, than the Titans are this year. I mean, that's up for debate for another time. But, I mean, 
the Patriots, you know, seem to have a way of, you know, at least taking care of business, at least their first playoff game at home. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the Patriots, but you know, I think we summed it up pretty well that it's a a tougher task than you may have imagined. If you told us like week nine that, or or 10, that we were going to be playing the Titans in wildcard weekend, you would have laughed, but I think it's something you have to take seriously. All right. Well, let's talk about their road to the Super Bowl, their path to the Super Bowl beyond that point. Uh, I think you put it in good terms before the podcast. You asked me if they had a shot to make the Super Bowl. And I said, define a shot because everyone has a shot who's in the playoffs right now, right? I mean, it's hard for me to say no one, there's Mm -hmm. a team out there that has no shot, maybe except the Titans or someone like that. But, um, and and then you said uh, a great line. You said, it's realistic. Is Is it realistic to think the Patriots will make the Super Bowl? And, I said no, I, you know, and, and I think that's a great way to put it. It's just, it's not realistic to think they'll make the Super Bowl anymore. And, you know, when you talk about going on the road twice to Kansas City, to Baltimore, and just, I mean, at, never mind the fact that it is the Patriots. Any team, if you're banking on them doing that, it's just, it's not something you can bank on. It's just, it's it's not a realistic possibility. It's possible, but, I mean, that, that's just a great word. It's not realistic. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely possible, and you know, I know it's a cl- it's basically become a cliche at this point because the Patriots are in the you know in these playoff situations every year, and you know you always say you don't count out Brady and Belichick no matter what. You know, in one single game they can always beat you, and I think that's what the Patriots now have to do is is look at it from a one game at a time standpoint. But um, you know, just the the way it's laid out right now in the AFC, um, you know, I. I I know you went to Arrowhead and got the job done last year, but again, I hate to keep going back to it. How many times did you have to lean on Gronk in that game? Um, you know, you, it's going to be tough. You know, you get through the Titans, you have to go to Arrowhead, you have to go to Baltimore, most likely. That's a tough road. So yeah, I agree with you. Possible, not plausible. So a little behind the scenes right now, I will say that right now we're entering the fourth quarter and the 49ers are up 19-7. to So we're going to preview the wild card matchups here and assume that the Seahawks have lost this game barring some unreal comeback. So, okay, the wild card matchups we got this weekend. Patriots are going against the Titans. Bills are going against the Texans. The Saints are going against the Vikings. And the Seahawks are going against the Eagles. All right, so out of those matchups... What what do you think? What do you make of the wild card matchups this weekend? What's your favorite? How do you think they'll play out? This may be weird to say, but I think my favorite out of those um, might be that Bills Texans game. That's going to be a fun game because you know once again the Bills have another chance to you know maybe prove that they're real. I mean I, I doubt it happens. I would you know place my money on the Texans. I like that game. Um, sorry, I, I don't I don't want to mess it up. So you said in the NFC because this is obviously just you know pouring in right now. Um, the Seahawks would be playing the Vikings. Sorry, the Seahawks will be playing the Eagles, and the Vikings will be playing the Saints. So it'll be a rematch of the uh, miracle in Minneapolis for the Saints-Vikings game. Yeah, that's that's a big game. Um, obviously, Dalvin Cook, you know, that that's a big thing. Um, if they don't have him, we'll have to see what happens. Um, but I would hope the Saints get the job done. Um, I, I don't know why. I've always had a, a little thing to pull for the Saints, um, you know, because I, I've always wanted to see that Breeze-Brady Super Bowl. It's probably not going to happen because I don't think the Brady end will be there. But I still think, uh, despite the fact that they have to play on Wild Card Weekend as well, I think this could be the start of something special for the Saints. I think they have a switch that they could turn on. And, you know, I don't know. It feels like maybe destiny for Drew Breeze to make a run here. Maybe. I I, you know, I think the Saints are, I mean, look, the Saints are in pretty much the same spot the Patriots are in. So, uh, you know, they're just as tough a spot. So I, I, if the, you think 
it's unrealistic for the Patriots to make it. You should probably feel the same way about the Saints, even if that you do believe they are a better team, which they probably are at this point. But uh, overall, I think it's pretty clear what's best for the NFL here. The Patriots win, the Texans win, the Seahawks win, and the Saints win. Okay, then in round two, you get Saints versus uh, the uh, Packers. Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Brees. That is a great matchup. You get that Seahawks 49ers division rivalry going again. They had a great game earlier this year. That's still going to be a great matchup, so that'll be great. And then in the AFC, it's easy. Patriots, Chiefs rematch. That's great. And then Texans, uh, Ravens, you got Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson. So I, I think it's pretty clear what you need to happen. These wild card games, they aren't the best, but they're setting up if things go right for a, an incredible slate of divisional round games that the NFL should be clamoring for I mean that would just be a beautiful beautiful weekend of games if we could end up getting those matchups yeah I mean I think like you said you said it best the NFL is clamoring for these matchups I mean this is this is storyline central um you know obviously we'll start with you know what we could potentially be involved in you know as Patriots fans and that's the rematch of the AFC championship last year which was a classic game um you know you mentioned Breeze Rogers I mean it's loaded. It's as good as you can get. I do think Baltimore gets the job done against, you know, the Texans. But, I mean, that's still a good game with two great young quarterbacks. So, yeah, it's it's definitely loaded. Yeah. And I, I'll say, I said the NFL is rooting for it. I'm rooting for it. I, I, th- I think those would just be great games to watch. So, I mean, I'm hoping that I get to watch all those games. I think everybody should be because, I mean, no matter what happens, it doesn't have much effect on the Patriots' chances. Either way, the Ravens are still probably going to favor, favor whoever, over whoever they're facing. And you're probably still going to have to... I, you're gonna have to go to the Chiefs, go to Kansas City, no matter what. So really, just you—nothing changes on that front. If you win, you go to Kansas City. That's the end of the story. So, if you're an NFL fan, if you're a football fan, you should be rooting for those teams to win. They're probably all gonna be favored. All those teams I just said are home, except the Seahawks. But I would assume the Seahawks are still gonna be favored over the Eagles, despite the fact that they're on the road. They're so you know a, a significantly uh, superior team. So, I mean, if, you, if you're a football fan, that's what you should be rooting for because those games are great. I, I, I The Bills have played well this season. Uh, the Eagles kind of won that division by default. But I don't want to disparage these teams too much. But the fact is there there is a clear superiority uh, amongst these divisional games or these wildcard games, I should say. I, I don't find them that exciting. I'm just hoping for them to set up uh, an incredible divisional round. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Guys, uh, follow Colin on Twitter, at Colin. Make sure to check out his podcast, What a Hardo. Check out his stuff on Guy Boston Sports. And Colin, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me again. Um, definitely not as fun um, to come on and, and talk about a loss like that. But you know what? That's, that's what we got to do. We got to talk about it on both sides of the coin. All right, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at KJJLGBS. You can follow the pod on Twitter at WeGetSmartPod. Check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports. Thanks for listening, guys, and Happy New Year. I'm not going to be cliche and say we'll see you next year, so we'll see you next week.